Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happy first Sunday. It is the first Sunday in May. Therefore, it is old school Sunday. It's communion Sunday. And it's a good Sunday to be here. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is in the room, isn't he? Amen. I don't know about you, but I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving. I feel the warmth of God all in this place. And I submit to the authority and the sovereignty of God in this moment, and I just pray that he has his way. And I pray that we get everything that we need. Amen. Does anybody need anything? Did anybody come in the house with something they need? I know I need something. Lord, speak to my heart. Give me what my soul needs. Not what it wants, (laughs) but what it needs. Amen. We're used to getting what we want sometimes, but this morning is not that type of party. We come to get what we need. We come to receive what will sustain us. What will keep us. What will satisfy us. And so quench our thirst this morning, God. Let us drink from a well that never, ever runs dry. Fill us up that we might overflow. Anybody want to run over? All right. Let's look in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and we'll start at the 15th verse. That's Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15. We'll lift up verses 15 and 16, and we'll start at the New King James Version. So that's Ephesians. Where is that, the Old Testament or the New Testament? Okay, they tell me that it's in the New Testament. (laughs) Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 in the New King James Version. Amen. Not to be confused with the Old King James. (laughs) It reads like this. See then that you walk circumspectly. That word there, it means carefully. It means cautiously. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Would anybody rather be wise than foolish in here? Verse 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We won't go down to verse 17, which talks about not being drunk with wine, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
because again, y'all don't like that gospel. <laughs> so we, we'll, we'll hit that another day. And so let's look in the Amplified. The Amplified version of this scripture, it reads like this. It says, therefore, see that you walk carefully. So the Amplified just cut to the chase and told us what circumspectly means. Therefore, see that you walk how? Carefully. We ain't walking reckless. We're walking carefully. And then if we're blessed by the brackets, it says, living life, how? With honor? Okay, living life now is not just saying, you know, our Christian lives or our church lives. But living life itself with honor, purpose, and courage. Shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. Not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people. So in other words, you better act like you got some sense. <laughs> That's the JG3 version. You better act like you got some sense. Y'all see the word sensible? Amen. Verse 16, you like that, Deacon Betty? Verse 16 says, making the very most, what? Of your time, uh-oh, on earth, recognizing, so first of all, you have to be alert, sober, vigilant enough to recognize, and then further to take advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. And so we have to recognize and then we have to take advantage because how many of you know that sometimes we recognize what we should do? <laughs> and so, you know, we got that part, but it says we also have to take advantage. Why? Because you don't have as many days as you may think you have. And the days that you have are filled with evil because your days on earth exist in this sick, dying world. And so if the world is sick and dying, and if you are called to be the hands and feet of God, then that means that maybe you're supposed to help bring some healing somewhere. And how do we do that unless we make good use of our time? Hmm. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this moment. Have your way in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, in case you missed it, we revealed at Bible study that at Wopsy, this is Management May. All right? It's Management May. So, this month, we're going to be journeying uh, on Wednesdays and on Sundays regarding management. This is a month for stewardship. Anybody ever heard of that word, stewardship? Now, I told you I'm not going to recap every week because every week has an identity and a theme and a topic of its own. Um, but so that we can be on the same chord, there is some vocabulary and some things that I want to cover, and then uh, we'll all be clear on some words that will show up throughout this month. If you are a believer, you are a leader. That's the first thing you must know. If you are a believer, you are a leader. If you are a leader, you are a manager. Management is another word for stewardship. And so we all were called to be a steward 
we all were therefore called to management, all right? And so some of us, we identified we have been in management positions on the job and things like that. Some people have not. But no matter if you experience management on the job, uh, you're in management in the kingdom. And that's what you got to know, that as a believer, um, as, as this leader, as this, this steward, you are a manager in God's kingdom. God views you as a manager. Further, you are a manager simply as it relates to life, okay? So we are managers in the spiritual and in the natural. As we lay the foundation uh, for this month, there's something that we must submit to. We must submit to the truth of God, somebody say God, having ownership over the things that we manage, all right? So that's something that we have to be very clear on as we journey this month. We need to be clear on, yes, I'm the manager, but God is the owner. And so uh, Psalm 24 and 1, if we take a look at that in the King James Version, it'll highlight for us and give us some scriptural backing uh, for this truth. It says that the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. If we look at it in the NLT, the New Living Translation, that translation reads like this. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything. The world and all its people belong belong, that's an important word, belong to him. And so the revelation is, you all, we're going we're gonna to be able to manage stuff better after this uh, month's journey because some stuff, we treat it like we treat it because we forget it belongs to God. Yeah, yeah. There's a study that was done um, that I was informed about. There's, there's a study that was done where have you ever been somewhere? I saw it happen in Starbucks the other day. And there was a lady who was working near where I was. And then it was a lady on the other side of her. And she realized she had to run to the car. And she looked at the other lady and said, can you watch this for me? I just, I'll be right back. And so the study showed that when human beings are put in that position, there's something in us that takes that moment seriously. There's something in us that uh, really, you know, protects and takes seriously whatever it is we're watching for two minutes or two seconds because we've agreed to watch it and it doesn't belong to us. And so what I'm saying is as we begin to journey throughout this month, if we take on that mindset and if we embrace the truth that the things we have really aren't ours, according to that study, we'll take better care of. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting, but it's something that's been proven. And that's just somebody you don't know. So imagine reframing your mind and your thought process toward the things you had to say that I'm not just watching this for Susie, who just ran out of Starbucks, but the Almighty God has entrusted me to watch over and take care of and act like it's mine when it's something that really
belongs to him. These type of things, this reframing of our minds, this reframing of our focus, it causes us to be better managers. And so our goals for the month are to refocus, to reassess, and to realign. So after every Wednesday, after every Sunday, when you sit with your notes and when you sit with God regarding these different topics, then that's what you should kind of look at. Okay, based off of what I learned today, is there any way that I can refocus in this area? Is there anything I need to reassess? And is there any way, therefore, that I will realign? Okay? Somebody say managing moments. Say it like you mean it. Managing moments. What is a moment? A moment, you all, is defined as a very brief period of time, all right? It's a very brief period of time. This definition, you all, is a very simple definition, but I love it. And the reason that I love this definition is because it highlights the fact and it leans toward the truth of how easy moments are to miss. A moment is a very brief period of time, okay? It highlights its brevity. Has anybody, and I want you to be honest, has anybody ever missed a moment? You might not have realized it in the moment, but most times, hindsight is twenty twenty. we can look back, especially when some more life goes on and we can see what might, should have happened. Has anybody ever missed a moment? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's not an easy thing to realize that you missed the moment. But on the flip side, it makes it so much better when you are aware, when you are intentional, and when you maximize and manage a moment. <laughs> I was thinking about moments I may have missed uh, in life. And, you know, I thought about how many of you uh, remember that we used to have a uh, summer camp here? Uh-huh, here at Wops, we used to have, have a summer camp. The girl said, yes, she remembered because she was there. And, um, and some other people were there helping and things like that. And I remember we took a little field trip uh, to the Amish market. Mm -mm -mm. Anybody ever been to the Amish market? If so, I'm going to let you get a praise break on, you know. Okay, all right, all right, amen, amen. It's nothing like the good old Amish market. Yes, indeed. Don't get me to start listening. Listening to menu now. <laughs> and so this particular day, I think it was a Friday, that we were in the Amish market, guess who was in there as well? You'll never guess. Venus Williams. Right there on Brown Station Road. Do I have any witnesses that remember that thing? Guess what? She was there. And I never saw her. I was getting what I was getting, amen? And so I remember they come to me running, talking about Venus is right over there. Venus, who? Venus, where? Venus and Serena. What? Why y'all didn't get me? 
once they told me that Venus is gone. And how many times is the moment gone? And so that was a moment that I missed. But in my opinion, it was a moment that I missed because they didn't manage it correctly. <laughs> I didn't even know. Here y'all are getting me after the fact talking about Venus was here. So that's why it's important to have people around you to get this message. Because we're laughing, but hmm? how many of you know that if you mismanage a moment, you aren't the only one affected by it? Somebody else can miss because of your mismanagement. Did it? Uh-oh. That's exactly what I was going to say. I said, I'm going to leave that there because that's a sermon in and of itself. But we actually will touch on that a little bit more, if that's all right, a little later on. Well, again, Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 in the Amplified, it says, Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Now, if we do a little bit of contextual consideration, one of my favorite things to do, um, first of all, we see that this scripture is in the book of what? Ephesians, right? Ephesians, we already identified, is in what testament? The New Testament, it is the 10th book of the New Testament. It comes after the Gospels. What are the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Then we have a book of history, just one in the New Testament. What is it? Acts, right? Following Acts, we have the letters or the epistles. And then we have one book of prophecy. And what is that? The book of Revelation. Amen. And so Ephesians is in this category of letters, it's in this category of epistles. It is the fifth of the letters, and it's written by who y'all think? The Apostle Paul. Yep, the Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle. It's written by him, and it's being addressed to the church of who? Ephesus. Anybody remember when we did the study uh, on uh, the seven churches of Asia Minor? And remember, Ephesus was one of those churches. Y'all remember what was up with Ephesus? Ephesus was, woo, it was a stellar church. I mean, they had things going that other churches didn't have going. They were about their business. But, woo, and all of that, it wasn't really in their heart. And so the issue with them that God had is, listen, you got to come back to your first love. You're doing a lot of good things, but you're far from me. Remember, we used to be close because God doesn't just want you to work for him. He wants you to work with him. He doesn't just want you to spend time on him. He wants you to spend time with him. Amen? And so we know about this church of Ephesus. And so uh, the Apostle Paul, he wrote this actually while he was in jail. He wrote it while he was in prison in Rome. No, he wasn't out here being reckless or not walking circumspectly, he was thrown in jail because essentially of him doing his assignment in ministry. The Apostle Paul, 
being in prison. He's in prison, and he's being inspired by God to write scripture, literally parts of the Holy Bible. Talk about managing a moment. <laughs> Whenever I think about that, it blesses me. But it also challenges me about what I'm doing with my downtime. Uh-huh. Somebody say, what am I doing with my downtime? That'll preach too, amen? Because, see, when you're on a schedule and when you're on a clock, when you have certain measures of accountability and certain positions of authority in place, you do a certain thing. Yeah, you handle certain things, you know, like when you're at work or even when you're here at church and when you're out and about. But I come to challenge you today about what do you do when you have nothing to do? What do you do when you don't have anything to do? And further, who owns that time? I'm going to let that sink. What do I do when I don't have anything to do? And who owns that time? Amen? Amen. I'm a big proponent of what they call me time. Anybody know about me time? It's become one of my favorite times. Amen? <laughs> but I come to bring some balance to me time. Is that all right? Because what I've come to realize that as a believer, now I'm not talking about non-believers. I'm not talking about nobody who's not a citizen of the kingdom, not a manager, what have you. But as a believer, your me time, my me time, can't just be about what I want to do all the time. Because sometimes if it were up to me, I want to do things that might do me in. Or things that are good things. I mean harmless things. But things that are just at least that day different from what God had in mind for me. Are we okay with him being the owner in as much that we depend on him day to day, that even when we have me time, we still stop and say, God, what would you have for me to do today? Or can he have any time but me time? What, 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 what kind of time is not his already? And so even in my me time, I'm starting to be careful because at first it was, uh, that's me, what I want. Uh, Y'all know how we do. But one day, Holy Spirit checked me because I was excited about me time, and I was about to, literally, I was about to make a left to go to Starbucks. And then, right before I got to the light, the Holy Spirit was convicting me about, you got this free day, you got this free time, but you ain't going to pray. And I'm like, God, I prayed. But you know, it's the difference from praying and praying. You know how we, you know, we did a little thank you for the day. We, you know, we cover our little family and all that. And then we go about our way. And God says, no, no, no. No, I mean, pray. Did you spend time with me? When, when you did that, then you, you spoke, you commanded, you, you know, you gave me some stuff to do. But can I give you something? What if I had something to say? Ouch, ouch, that was an ouch moment. So here I go, turn on the right blinker, go ahead, you know. I ain't going to resist. And 
When I tell you it was the best time in prayer. When I tell you there were things that happened, thank you. There were things that happened that needed to happen. There were things that he spoke that I needed to hear. And moments like that make me wonder, dang, the moments that I miss, what are on the other side? Like, what's on the other side of that? Because if I didn't turn right in obedience to God, and if I still went left and satisfied the desires that I had, because how many of you know that when you have something that you desire to partake of, the tingle's already on your tongue. Come on, somebody. You, you already know, you know, you kind of, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And so I had to part ways with that and put that on hold. But God satisfied me in a way that a mango dragon fruit refresher never could. That wasn't supposed to be funny, but I'm glad y'all laughing. I'm having a moment, y'all. Let go. Amen. And so, what is it that God has for us on the other side of moments? Has anybody ever been in a moment where God is telling you to do something and you just really don't want to do it? But you know that God knows that you know? Like, basically, you know God too much to act like you didn't hear what he just said. Like, you figure, you know, you figure you get into something else, and, and so, um, yeah, it doesn't work out that way. I, it, it has been so bad. See, I realize when, God, when you really have submitted your life to God, and when you have, you know, agreed to certain things, God don't play with you. I was just talking uh, yesterday with Dr. Carmen about some of the similarities and differences in our personalities. And so she's the type of person who can strike up conversation with a stranger, you know, in public. And so I'm really good, you know, I'm good with people and things like that, but that's just not me. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, let me get in, let me get out. You know, I'm, I may or may not see you and act like I didn't see you. You know, you know I'm, I'm just saying, you know, at least, you know, that, that's what I'd be wanting to do. <laughs> and then you walk in, you know, into him and out three. Oh, hey! What are you doing here? Knowing you saw him when you walked in the Can I? And so, exactly. And so, you know, not, uh-uh, not Dr. Carmen. She in there looking for people to talk to. <laughs> Here I am, somebody I know, and I'm going back and forth. You mean to tell me you standing there talking about you don't know? So that's just me naturally. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, when he slapped his super on my natural. But naturally, that's me. And oftentimes, God will challenge you naturally based upon what he called you to. It's funny because he'll call you to things and he'll use uh, innate abilities and things like that, but he'll also challenge you as far as your personality. Yeah. And so anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I remember there was a particular day and there was a lady that I did not know, um, an older lady, and uh, she, she, she had something going on 
uh, I don't remember if it was like a cane. It was something. She wasn't that old. You could tell something had happened, like an injury or something like that. But anyway, the Holy Spirit was nudging me to talk to her. Okay. And so I'm like, all right, so I keep it moving. You know, you know how you start practicing and stuff, you know, I, you know. And so then I'm like, nah, like, <laughs> like, huh? Like, I couldn't even get the practice together. So I say, yeah, no, that was probably just me, you know, being, you know, feeling for the lady. That, that probably wasn't God. So then next thing you know, I lie to you now. Next thing you know, as, as I'm endeavoring to go check out and I'm walking, y'all, it's like my knees buckled and my legs started hurting. And so my legs started hurting and I knew that was God saying, boy, if you don't. So here I go. She limping. I'm limping. I'm meeting her in the aisle. You know, how you doing, man? Okay, how you doing? Look, I'm real obedient now. I done found her. How you doing, ma'am? Oh, I'm doing well. And it was right at the point where she was at a place where I could say, can I help you with that? Because she was trying to get something that she probably had no business lifting. And so I realized that day um, that she was so touched because it was one of those things where it's like, dang, like nobody, nobody's with her. Nobody's there to help her. And so I was able in that moment to literally be the hands and feet of God. And so that's all God wanted me to do. And I did all that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, but on the other side, listen, I'm letting you know, I, I'm pastor. I ain't perfect. I'm, that's the difference. And so, and so I ended up, we ended up talking and all of that. And then next thing you know, I go to my car and as I'm pulling out, I see her going to her car, and I'm even able to help her put things in her car. And so at this point, I'm letting my light shine, and she's trying to figure out who I am. Like, you know, I'm so, thank you, young man. Why are you helping me? And so anyway, I shared, um, you know, with her, and I was able to evangelize to her, invite her to church, and all of that. And just who knows, even beyond that moment. And that's the thing about moments. Moments are never just about moments. You know, the, the lady, she, she could reach out a year from now saying, I, I, I needed, you know, somewhere to go. I needed a church, and I just remember talking to you. I remember what you gave me. And so, and that's the thing, too. As managers, it's only our responsibility to manage moments. I cannot now try to micromanage everything that comes from I did my part and you want to know something else as soon as I walked away from that lady in store my legs stopped hurting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's how I knew that yeah yeah and so I would have literally missed a moment and I feel like God was trying to tell me that there are um, repercussions I know we don't like it but there are there are repercussions to missed moments. And so the thing that we have to realize is that even if a moment is challenging us regarding our personality, regarding our comfortability, then why do you think he sent the comforter unless he was going to tell you to do things that would otherwise be uncomfortable? He didn't send you a, comfort a comforter so you can stay in comfort. <laughs> 
I'm not going out of my way to buy you no life raft unless you're going to get in some water. And so we have to make sure that we're open to things that even are uncomfortable to us. And the things that he called us to do or asked us to do, even if we feel like we can't do them, that's where grace comes in. And so he literally graced me for the assignment. Amen? And so, again, bringing balance to me time, we have got to start kind of opening up our minds and like, I'm in here, you know, getting my stuff, getting what I need. I'm here to get in and out. But even when we go to the store, God, is this something else I'm supposed to be doing in here? You know, e- even when it's, it's, it's my day and it's me time, remembering that God might want you to at least, and that's the thing, I still had the me time. Y'all know I still got that refresher. I did. It was after the prayer, though. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the thing. He's not trying to punish you or make you suffer. He just wants to come first. Yeah. And now I was satisfied naturally and spiritually. Now I covered all bases. Now I was able to sip that thing a little better because I was sipping it in peace. Because how many of you have gone left and not enjoyed what you went left for? I, I want to enjoy that thing. And so, God, I'm going to put you first. And then when you allow me to do the thing that I wanted to do, I'm going to feel good as I do it. Somebody say managing moments. And so we want to remember that rest is good. Rest is holy. Rest is a blessing. I've learned how to rest. I've done sermons and series on rest. But I would be irresponsible if I didn't share with you the reality that just like anything, rest has to be done in the proper time. Because if you're resting in a season that you're supposed to be sowing when it's harvest time and your harvest ain't harvesting like it should, you must be real and you must remember and consider what you did with your time. Because if we were to be honest this morning, and we should be honest, we sometimes, and when we're talking about rest, rest's cousin, lazy, takes over. Don't act like you don't know Cousin Lazy. Some of us know him very well. And so a lot of times when it comes to rest, there's a fine line. And Cousin Lazy likes to push us over that line. I know for a fact that there are some Sundays, and when I tell you, I know, I know, that there are some Sundays that God has breakthrough in the house for people, and that's the Sunday they decide to sleep in. They're, they're different people as I'm preparing that God may drop in my spirit. And so I know some of you have seen me say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Or I, I knew you were, because God has something for you. And sometimes mm, those people miss the moment. Somebody say managing moments. So the Apostle Paul, hmm. What also blesses me about the Apostle Paul being inspired by God to write scripture from a jail cell is the reminder that, y'all, no matter where you are, you can be used by God. I want you to remember that. No matter where you are, 
No matter where they put me, they can't take God from me. <laughs> no matter where you are, you can be used by God. He's in jail. He's in prison. He's behind bars writing Bible. Ooh, Jesus. Some of us have discounted our usability because of our locality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of us have discounted our usability. God, I, I, yeah, you, you, you'll use me once I get there. No, I'll use you right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God says no matter where you are, you aren't too low and you aren't too far that my grace can't reach you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever I've empowered you to do is not confined to your confinement. Listen, the anointing, it's wireless. The call on your life is not from a landline. It's cellular. And so even if you're in a jail cell, you're still called. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a call that's on the cellular level. As long as you have breath in your body, as long as you have cells making up the composition of your body, and as long as your body is being oxygenated on this side of heaven, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. Don't discount the call of God on your life. The call is not for when you get there. It's for right here. Amen. And so I don't care where you are. Even if you're living in somebody's basement, you're still called. Even if you're in a season of unemployment, you're still called. Even if you're dealing with loneliness, you're still called. Even if you're struggling financially, you're still called. Even if you haven't been doing what you know to do. Even if you've been going left instead of going right. In management, May, it's time to get it together sis and management may come on let's get it together bro because you're still called and so the apostle Paul comes to remind us that no matter where we are we're still called and he's the perfect candidate to remind us about making good use of our time. In studying the Apostle Paul and taking a look at his life and things, I don't know, perhaps Paul even is motivated to share concerning this because he's thinking about ways he wished he could have used his time before being thrown in jail for the sake of ministry. But no matter how you slice it, Paul is an excellent candidate for this message. And he's writing to the church of Ephesus in Asia Minor. But all these years, like we sung earlier, somebody say all these years. All these years later, ain't it like he's writing it to us today in 2023? Somebody say managing moments. Life is choice driven. We live and we die by the choices we make. Life is choice-driven. We live and we die by the choices we make. Amen. I remember Dr. Lindsay uh, Warren. She's coming next week for Mother's Day. And I remember that's something she used to say all the time, that life is choice-driven. And it really is. The life that we live, what happens for the rest of May is literally going to be based off of our choices. Every day, we're going to find ourselves at that light. And it's going to be a matter of if we go left to our desires or if we go right 
to his desires. Managing moments. I was talking to um, someone recently, and they were telling me a story about how they were in a heated situation, and, and, and they, were, they were getting ready to fight. They were getting ready to, to go to jail. And um, the thing is, they've been to jail before, not for the same reasons as Paul the Apostle. Amen. <laughs> and so it was to the point where this time, um, because of the number and types of offenses, then this time it would have been more serious as far as consequences. And so the guy was saying that he's so grateful to his sister because his sister tackled him in that moment and kept him from doing what he was about to do, which would have landed him in jail. And that got me to thinking about moments. See, you need some people like his sister in your life. Who's going to tackle you when they see you? about to mismanage a major moment. Are you tackleable? Hmm? Is anybody even close enough to you to be able to tackle you? Is everybody around you scared of you so they won't tackle you? Have you given anybody access or permission to tackle you? Some of us are complaining to God about the fact that we got knocked down and he allowed for us to get knocked down, not even realizing that getting knocked down saved your life. Yeah. In the men's fellowship, we had a great fellowship and we even mentioned about how one bad decision can turn into a lifetime of consequence. Some of us, because of a decision that may have been two to ten minutes. Now we have to deal with some things for the rest of our lives. Some of us, because of one mere choice, one mere decision, we've opened the door to so much stuff. That's why the scripture says that it leads to ways of death when you don't go the way of the Lord, right? Ways of death. And so you can make one bad decision and open the door to so much stuff that we now have to deal with unnecessarily. God's still going to meet you in it, but he didn't have to. God's still going to grace you through it, but... Some of us, our children, deal with stuff unnecessarily because of our decisions. Just trying to give you the weight of decisions. And for so many, it's vital and it's pivotal and it's imperative not to miss moments because, again, moments are never just moments. And a lot of us specifically have people that are tied to our management of moments, all right? And so as we journey through and as we get to reflecting, because I feel you reflecting. This is a reflective type of word. I, I feel you reflecting. That's good. But as you reflect, 
Listen up. I don't want you to beat yourself up about missing moments in the past. But I want to empower you to be intentional about not missing no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, being determined to be intentional about not making it a habit to miss more moments. Hallelujah. The scripture says in Philippians 4, 6, we know it. It says, be anxious for what? For nothing. For no thing. Yeah, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, regard your heart and your mind. Be anxious for nothing. Don't let anxiety creep in when it comes to management because anything you are a manager of, God is the owner of. And if he owns it, he can take care of it. I, I, I like to say his will, his bill. So God, if you want me to do it, that means that you are responsible for everything I need to get it done. And, and he'll do it. And he'll do it. And so um, for the one who kind of gets anxiety when it comes to making decisions, for the one who overthinks, um, for the one who is indecisive, breathe. Don't be anxious. Because first of all, God is going to honor you for wanting him to come into the moment, for wanting to go right, for wanting to do What's right? He knows what you need in order to peacefully navigate seasons of management. Amen? Matthew 6.34. Y'all writing these tools down? All right. Let's get it. Matthew 6.34. Um, it says this. Immediate team, I know I didn't give you a couple of these, so you know. <laughs> it says this. It says, well, first of all, in the NLT, it says, so don't worry, don't worry, so don't worry, so don't worry, so don't worry. Some people, you need to underline that part itself. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. <laughs> Trust me. Today's trouble is enough for today. The message paraphrase puts it like this. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up. Don't get worked up. Don't get worked up. Some of us can get worked up. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Because the worry that you have about tomorrow, when tomorrow comes, tomorrow has its own grace and mercy to the point where you might not even have to deal with that thing. And now you're suffering at the hands of the emotions that's attached to something that you never even had to deal with. If it comes, I'll meet it. But I'm not going to meet it, and I don't even know if it's coming. I'm not going to allow it to take me out of today. And I'm trying to be in tomorrow. And this thing in tomorrow may not even be in tomorrow. And so we're not going to get worked up. We're not going to get worked up. We're going to give attention to what we know is going on. Amen. A trick of the enemy, you all, is to be so concerned about tomorrow 
that we totally miss moments in today. I'm going to say it again. A trick of the enemy is get us, getting us to be so concerned about tomorrow that we totally miss the moments of today. And I'm not even talking about just moments in regards to opportunities and things like that. I'm talking about just being able to breathe and enjoy what God is doing. Because God is doing some stuff that some of us don't see because we're worried about other stuff. Mm -mm. Don't miss the moments of today because I'll tell you one thing, this moment will never happen again. The moments that we often miss, they're for today. Don't miss the moments of today because you're so concerned about tomorrow, okay? Listen, you will trip and fall if you only look at where you're going with no regard to where you are now. And so remember, we're planning, we're having vision, we're setting our sights on things that God has said, but not with no regard to what's in front of us. Don't miss this moment. Amen? Let's take a look at Luke 10, 38 through 42. And then I'll be out of your hair, as they say. Luke 10, 38 through 42, the New King James Version. Let's look at it there first. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named who? Martha welcomed him into her house. And, as, and, and she had a sister called who? Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Let's keep reading.
okay? It says next, it says, but Martha was distracted with much serving, okay? Mm, okay. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. First of all, sis, who are you talking to? This is Jesus. <laughs> oh, ordering and stuff. Verse 41, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Anytime is two times, you know. She was a humdinger, amen. Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And your sister, the one you complaining about, the one you want me to go fuss out, Mary has chosen that what? That good part. Which will not be taken away from her. Let's look at the same thing, but this time we're going to look at it in the New Living Translation. Y'all heard this story before, right? Amen. If you haven't, you have today. And it reads like this. It says, and Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Sometimes we got to shut up and listen. Sat down and listened. Verse 40 says, but Mary, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Okay, I kind of get that. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you <laughs> that my sister just sits here? See, that's the thing. When people don't get it, they don't get it. She's not just sitting there. Just sitting at the feet of the master? That my sister is just sitting there while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. Here she go. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha. <laughs> You're a special case, Martha. My dear Martha, you are worried, all worked up. I bet you she was on 10. Probably turning red and everything. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset. Ooh, watch this. Over all these details. Okay, that's for somebody. I'm going to read it again. Because one more person who needed it need to wake up. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, some of us need to put our name there. You are worried and upset over all these details. What they say, the devil is in the detail. Verse 42 says, there is only one thing, <laughs> one thing worth being concerned about. Huh? Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. Is this blessing anybody the way it's blessing me? It's, I love God's word because there's different parts of it, you know. 
that's hitting different places in me that need to be addressed. Might as well look at it in a paraphrase right quick. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. Jesus. But Martha was pulled away by, pulled away by, pulled away by. What are you being pulled away by? As we, as we reassess and refocus, that's worth writing down if I were you. What am I being pulled away by? That's important to identify. What am I, when, when Jesus' presence is available to me, when I'm able to literally sit with him and I'm not, what am I being pulled away by? Ooh, this is so good. I pray, I pray, I pray that, that people are getting this and that you don't let this stay here today but that you find yourself tomorrow writing in your notes, in your journal, in somewhere, literally the things that you may be getting pulled away by. And I dare you to launch an attack on those things. What am I being pulled away by? I'm not saying attack. Y'all know what I mean. What I'm saying is make sure that you're strategic about putting those things in their proper place. I'm not saying kill those things, depending on what they are. But what I'm saying is, know what they are so that you can say, oh, you've been here, but you need to be here. Because you, you're supposed to cook. You're supposed to clean your house. You're supposed to do, she wasn't doing nothing bad. She wasn't doing nothing sinful. But what happens when the good that I'm doing is pulling me away from the master? See, you've just been looking at sin and not sin. It's deeper than that. Because you could be doing a myriad of good things, but a good thing at a bad time ain't a good thing no more. What is pulling me away? What am I being pulled away by? Some of you, you start writing already. Some of you, you don't have to think long. You know what it is. You know what they are. What is pulling me away? So, but Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. And God is saying that I know your schedule. I know you're busy. I know what you have to do. I know it seems like you don't have time to spend with me. But what if I told you that if you did, you'd be more energized, more empowered, more able to do all the things? You can do them better with me. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Ah. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. Got to love the message. It helps us get some imagery here. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing the scene. <laughs> Verse 41 says, the master said, again, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're fussing far. You ever met somebody just always fussing about something? You're fussing far too much. Some of us, we don't even, we're, we don't even need to get rid of 
the external noise, we can't hear God over ourselves. Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself again worked up, listen, over nothing. (laughs) One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course. And I love that because he's playing off at his big meal. You worried about your big meal, but Mary has chosen the main course, and that won't be taken away from her. Stop chasing these little side dishes. When we have access. I didn't say side piece. See, some of y'all, y'all, I didn't, I, I didn't say side, I said side dishes. The dish can represent any, listen, I mean, you know, if the shoe fits, put it on, but I didn't say that now. I said side dish. The dish can be anything other than what God is cooking up in this moment for you. And so in closing, And I was telling Dr. Carmen, I said, uh-oh, this is a challenge for me because every, um, every teaching and every lesson has its own theme. So it's not even like I can carry this on to Wednesday or Sunday. This is it. We're managing moments. And then we're managing something else. Actually, Wednesday, we're managing our mood. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, we're managing our mood. But let's finish this. So week one... This is, we're managing moments, and all the other messages and teachings, I love how God did it, because they're all really going to flow out of this one thing. And why is that? Because if you can manage moments, Jesus, you can manage your life. If you can manage moments, thank you, Lord, you can manage your life. Amen. Can we give God praise for what he did today? Can we give him praise for what he spoke today? Can we give him praise for giving us what we needed? He said, Martha, this thing is needful. The other stuff, that's good. But I have what you need. If you would, please, this week, recognize Let's start there. Reckon, God, I want to see. I don't want to miss any moment because I don't even see it. Help me to recognize the moments, the God moments throughout the day. And then let me take it a step further and let me take advantage of them. God is going to meet you in the moment. He's not going to assign a moment to you and leave you hanging. But remember that he's going to meet you in the moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. It's amazing when you can get corrected by God and refreshed by God all at the same time. (laughs) I'm convicted, but I'm motivated. I'm convicted, but I'm inspired. I'm empowered. And I know with